Welcome to the Simple Money, Simple Life podcast. I am Matt Erickson, and I'm your host. This is a podcast where we explore how simplicity beats complexity, especially in money matters. We explore investing, personal finance, and how to live a simple and awesome life. Hey everybody, hope you're doing great. I am excited to get to bring you another episode of the podcast today. Episode 38 is titled The Case for Index Funds. And as I've explained on previous podcasts, there's a difference between stock picking, actively managed mutual funds, and index funds. So individual stock picking is, say you like the company of Amazon and you buy stock of Amazon or Apple or Coca-Cola or name any company, you can buy individual stocks of that company. Now, the benefit of doing this is if you get lucky and pick a real winner, it can really skyrocket. However, if you pick individual stocks, your stock can also go to zero and you could lose everything. So they're pretty risky because you're concentrating all of your wealth into one company. Now, actively managed mutual funds are a mutual fund, it remember, is a basket that holds many different stocks of many different companies. And so an actively managed mutual fund has a fund manager who is hired to choose the stocks that he or she is going to put into that mutual fund. Since these money managers make a lot of money, they there is an expense ratio attached to these actively managed mutual funds. The expense ratio typically ranges from 0.40 all the way up to 2.0%. So that can be a real drag on your portfolio. As we've discussed in the past, there's a report called the Spiva report that gives results of how the active managers do versus the index. Typically, over long periods of time, the indexes outperform the active managers and it isn't even close. Typically, 80 to 90% of the time, you're going to do better with an index. If you have an active manager who beats the index for a short period of time, the chances are it's probably a lot of luck and it's probably not going to keep going like that. Sometimes people, one thing Dave Ramsey says that I disagree with is he says, look at one way to pick a mutual fund is look at their track record. Well, past performance is no guarantee or predictor of future results. The past is the past. With an index fund, you don't need to worry about looking at the past because it tracks a certain index, such as the S&P 500, so which is the 500 biggest companies in America. It tracks the stocks in that index on a market cap weighted basis, which means the bigger companies like Microsoft, Google, and Apple you will buy more shares of that than you will of the lower companies in the index, such as Lowe's or Home Depot. Now, if you're still not convinced, I want to share some ideas from a book that I read recently called The Coffee House Investor's Ground Rules. It's by Bill Schultes, and it's a it's an interesting read. And so he said a lot of times Wall Street companies continue to promote professional stock picking for portfolio management, and they say something like this, why settle for average when you can beat the average? In America, we typically don't want to just settle for mediocre, but in investing, average is what we want to settle for. So 
to answer this, uh, let's look at three different things. So you can pick stocks yourself. You can have a professional manager, stock picker, who actively manages your mutual funds, which I did for years in my 401k without really knowing. And you can invest in all the stocks through a passively managed index fund. Um, logically, you would think that a professional stock picker who's really smart, who has a PhD, who studies the markets every day, could pick enough good stocks to beat the index. But the problem is they can't, they don't, they never have been able to. There are certain managers who have had good runs, but it typically comes to an end. And so the reason is people cannot predict the future. And so if you're willing to and markets are very efficient. Uh, well over 80% of actively managed funds have underperformed their respective indexes or benchmarks over the last 10 years. So anyway, so in reviewing this, let's. I want to give you an example of maybe why you would want to choose an index fund. So keep, in, keep this example in your mind. There are 10 boxes laid out before you. And each box has from 1,000 to 10,000 in it. You know how much is in each box because it's labeled. Which one would you choose? So obviously, unless you're uh, dumb as a box of rocks, you would choose the one that's labeled $10,000. And boom, you have your $10,000. Let me give you another example. Let's say that I covered up the amounts in each box and you had no idea how much was in each of those boxes, but I allowed you to know how much was in one of the boxes, and it was $8,000. Which box would you choose? Would you gamble to try to get the nine or the 10,000, or would you accept the 8,000? Well, most of us, it's common sense, we would take the 8,000 because that puts the odds in our favor. Is it possible to choose the $10,000 box and beat the market? Yes, it is possible, and some do. But the author of this book calls this game Outfox the Box uh, to help people understand that using index funds is the best way to invest. So if you are a person who is having a hard time accepting the index funds are for you, think of this Outfox the Box example because if you choose the 8,000, you're going to beat 80% of other investors. If you take a chance and roll the dice, statistically speaking, you're going to be in the lower part of returns. Vanguard also did a study on stock returns of a portfolio versus the investor in the portfolio and found that the investors in the portfolio are often 2 to 3 percentage points below what the stock fund returns. This accounts for investor behavior, which is a huge part of investing. People bounce in and out of the fund, which causes them to lose money and by and large earn less than what the fund provides. So common sense tells me that even though a lot of people are moving over to index funds, the, <clears throat> excuse me, the outflows have been pretty enormous, yet there's still thousands of actively managed funds that are charging really high prices, uh, a few of them doing very well, and then a, a year later, a few other ones doing really well. Somebody studied, I, I heard this on a podcast recently, of all the mutual funds opened 
in the last 30 years, half of them have closed down because of poor performance. And that also skews the data. So with index funds, you don't have to worry about reviewing past performance. You don't have to review the companies that are in the fund. You don't have to uh, do research on the managers. All you have to do is simply choose which index fund you want to do. Do you want to do the S&P 500 fund? 500 biggest companies in America. Do you want to do the total market index fund? The 3,600 companies in America that includes large, middle size, and small cap companies. Do you want to choose the total international index fund, which has about, I think, I'm not sure exactly how many stocks are in that one, but it's probably around 3,500 as well, of companies from all around the world, including emerging markets, such as China, India, Brazil, Chile, Canada, Mexico. So, sorry, not Canada. That's not an emerging market. That's a developed market. But anyway, these total international markets have stocks from Canada and Mexico, as well as these emerging countries where they're very volatile and go up and down a lot, but there's a lot of room for growth in those countries. So you want to probably own some of those in your portfolio. Investing is simple. Uh, The Wall Street wants to complicate it. Don't let it become complicated in your mind. Simply decide to trust the numbers, trust the academics. You can trust Wall Street, who's trying to make money. You can trust uh, Main Street, which is your friends or your neighbors, or you can trust University Street. They're the academics who crunch the numbers and show that the index funds are the way to go. Now, if you're looking to spice up your portfolio and you don't want to do just a total market index and maybe add a little additional return, certainly you could throw a small cap value fund in there. They, according to the academics, small cap value funds will outperform the S&P 500 over time. However, there are long periods of time, like the past 10 years, where the S&P 500, the larger companies, have outperformed small value companies. So if you're going to choose a tilting strategy, like a small cap value strategy, then you need to be committed to it and stick with it through thick and thin because there will be possibly a decade-long period of time where it does not outperform. It still probably will do well, but if you're comparing it to the other asset classes in your portfolio, it might not do so well. Probably for most of the audience, the the idea and the concept of simply choosing a total market index fund, if you're getting older and closer to retirement, throwing in a total bond index fund and a total international fund is going to be more than enough. It's basically how I invest. I do tilt a little bit towards small, but that's just a personal preference. I would be happy not to. It's not a big deal. I think the, the end of the day, the performance of the portfolio is going to be very similar. What's most important is that you get out of actively managed mutual funds, you get into index funds if you can. Now, some people ask me the question, well, what am I supposed to do? My 401k doesn't have any index funds in it. It's all actively managed funds. My 401k, hopefully my bosses aren't listening to this, it stinks. It has, it's through an insurance company, it's not through a good company like Vanguard or Fidelity, and it's all expensive, lame, actively managed mutual funds with expense ratios of like 1.3%. However, if you dig through the 30 options in our plan, there are two index funds in there, and that's how I invest in my portfolio and my 401k. Sadly, the expense ratio on those two index funds is 0.45%. It's a total ripoff. 
you can get free index funds with Fidelity, and Vanguard sells them for 0.04%. So the fact that I'm paying 10 times that to invest in my 401k is lame. I've tried to get our higher-ups to change it, but they're not going to because they're passing the cost of the 401k down to the employees instead of covering it themselves, which is okay. It's just the way it goes. Still, people ask, well, should I invest in that if that's the case, if I have all actively managed mutual funds or if the index funds are expensive? My answer is yes, because you still get a tax savings where you put it in pre-tax, so it will lower your taxable income for the current year. You will get all that tax-free growth until you take it out. And most companies also offer them a match, typically around 2 to 4% of what you put in. And so if you get that, that's free money coming to you. So the expense ratios, yeah, you want the lower cost for sure. But if you have a plan and don't have, don't have control over it, do it anyway. Do the 401k. Now, I choose not to max out my 401k uh, because I would, first of all, I can't, haven't been able to afford to do 19500 in there. But what I've chosen to do is take, I, I invest up to the match, and then I take the rest of the money and invest in Roth IRAs in mine and my wife's account, and I started a taxable account this year. That way, I feel like in my Roth IRA, I'm able to choose my own investments, which are low-cost index funds, which are way lower cost than what I have in my 401k. So expenses and cost is important, but how much you save is infinitely more important. Uh, if you have a 401k that doesn't have the greatest expense ratios, don't sweat it. Just invest in it anyway, at least up to the match. Uh, you won't, even if it's in actively managed mutual funds, it's still worthwhile to do. So I hope I've convinced you that uh, this is the way to go. But remember, I can't give financial advice, really, because I'm not a financial advisor or planner. I am a person interested in personal finance. So everything I say is my opinion only. So when you consider acting on what I talk about on this podcast, please do your own research and make sure you feel comfortable with that strategy. My mission on this podcast is to teach people how to be better investors and savers how to simplify their lives, how to simplify their finances. One of the biggest ways to do that is buy into the concept of index funds and invest in them. Invest in a Roth IRA, invest in your 401k, and let that money ride and build wealth for you. It is a money-making machine. I've been doing it for almost 30 years, uh, and it takes a long time if you make a modest income to have that account blossom. But once it does, it really starts to go. And so you just have to have faith in the process and keep going steady. I hope that was helpful for you guys. I hope you'll uh, take my word for it and investigate and research index funds. I think it's a fabulous way to invest. You can follow the show on Instagram, simplemoney underscore simple life. You can also email me at simplemoney529 at gmail.com and ask me any questions. And remember, the simple life is a good life.